0: Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Exploring with Danielle. I'm a certified health coach, yoga teacher, and business owner. In my podcast, I'm interviewing wonderful people around the world, listening to their stories and exploring different areas to find out who they are and what inspires them. I'm interviewing Sarah. I met her over two years ago in India during my first yoga teacher training. And since then I've been following her journey and I'm so inspired by her. She has been traveling the world full time for over three and a half years now. She has visited over 15 countries and speaks six languages. And last year during her travels in Mexico, she taught herself how to do hand poked tattoos. So today I invited her to learn more about her interesting stories and her inspiring mindset. Hi and welcome Sara, I'm so happy that you're here today, even if it's just online, how are you?
1: Hey and thanks for having me, I am doing actually really great.
0: I'm really happy that you're here, we met uh, over two years ago, it's already, in our teacher training in India and since then I've been following your journey and it has just been really mind-blowing what you have done so far but we will learn more about that later. Maybe so the people really get to know you better. You could tell us a little bit about yourself, about your journey, where you've started, where you are today. Just a brief introduction to you.
1: Sure. Thank you. So I'm 23 and I was born in Finland, but my childhood consisted a lot of moving. I moved more than 20 times before turning 20, living in countries like Finland, Sweden, Germany, Mexico, and after that, also in Australia. Due to moving so much as a kid, I had to learn how to adapt extremely fast. And due to seeing so much as a kid, it only fed my curiosity of the world. One thing that I think is valid to mention is that I was born into a really strict religion that kind of was holding me back for a long time until at the age of 14 being the first person in our family who broke free from it it kind of like I kind of unleashed myself into the world of questioning everything that is happening around and I have to say it's been quite an interesting journey where I've been confronted with a lot of different stuff but that has been teaching me a lot about myself and a lot about, well, the world in general. And that has really led me to live a life that I can call a dream right now. Since I graduated from high school in 2016, I started traveling. And I traveled for three and a half years almost in a row with the, with the small breaks in between. My comfort zone was kind of on the road, so I didn't know how to how to stop that. And I had this eternal hunger inside to to get to know more about the world and get to know more understand better how the world functions you know and now finally i decided to settle down i kind of checked like what would be the best location to live around the world and i decided on amsterdam Uh, but unfortunately i had to return for a while back to finland you
0: mentioned that you traveled a lot and some of them we also did together i saw you in india and in finland we met as well maybe you could tell us about your first real big adventure. I know that you did an exchange here in Mexico. How come that you chose Mexico here in Europe? We have a maybe false picture also of Mexico. So why did you choose Mexico? What was your biggest outtake of going
1: a year abroad? Mexico was not my first choice. It was actually my fourth choice. And it was really a surprise that I was sent in there. I remember still the day when I received the email and it was like, you're going to Mexico. And I was like, oh my goodness, I only picked it because I thought it's going to be warm and cozy. and you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I have to say it has been one of the most amazing years. I mean, moving moving to a country with a completely different culture at the age of 17, Living with, I had three different host families and adapting to the lifestyle of families who live a completely different life than my own did was extremely hard, but also probably one of the experiences that has made me grow the most. It also opened my eyes to the world of living in cultures where you spend more time with your family, where you truly express yourself, because when you come from a country like Finland, we're known kind of for for our coldness and for for being cold and a little bit distant so it really opened my eyes of how you can be treating the people around you and how you can be really free and express fully what you're feeling and you don't have to hide anything so i feel like mexico has contributed in my personality so that i am more free to show my passion
0: that's so beautiful and you didn't speak any spanish right before you went to mexico
1: well, I knew how to say "Hola, te amo." So um, <laughs> <laughs> the most important words ever. <laughs> yeah, that can take you quite far because people in there, like I, Mexicans are lovely. They're so beautiful people. When you make the smallest attempt to speak their language, they really this is this is my experience. They really receive you with open arms. But yeah, no, no, I didn't speak almost any Spanish. And also, my host family, my host sister did speak English, but she quite quickly left to do her own exchange here in Taiwan. So I was I was left with um, sign language and little post-it notes on walls and, you know, um, talking with gestures and so on, which was also, <laughs> also a challenge. Well, yeah, imagine,
0: especially if you're in a different culture. I mean, that is already a shock by itself. And then you're not able to fully express who you are at first. I think about a year ago, I saw a post of you that you returned to your school and you were able to do a speech. What exactly was that about? Especially since you get, got there not speaking Spanish and then as I saw you had a full speech in front of I don't know how many people in Spanish,
1: right? Yeah, this was actually a really amazing experience. So Spanish opened my eyes to, to languages. I really love learning languages and understanding how much the language that you speak affects how much of the culture it holds within. So I had an amazing English teacher when I was in Mexico and I was talking with him that I would love to encourage people in Mexico to learn more languages. And he works at a university where people are studying to become teachers. So he organized me to hold the speech for future teachers about the importance of learning languages. And it was actually amazing. It was originally just supposed to be one speech, but because they liked it so much, they invited the the head directors. They actually even wanted to interview for radio which I unfortunately didn't have time to but I was able to do two speeches sharing my passion for for learning languages and how it opens your mind and how it really affects your way of thinking and how it can connect you to so many different kind of people it was it was a truly amazing experience to be able to to share that with others
0: you know that's something I really really love about you you no matter in what situation you get even if you have zero tools and you have no idea what to do somehow you just manage to you know create the most amazing things. so that's really a quality that uh, is so unique and maybe you could tell us by now do you also speak other languages I heard you speaking some Portuguese I know that so what happened to your your great gift of learning languages
1: first of all thank you so much that's super kind, kind of said I so I grew up speaking Finnish and Swedish and English and then well English came a little bit later on. Then I picked up Spanish and I also traveled Brazil. And I have to say I know that you are you have Brazilian blood and I really love the Brazilian Portuguese. Like it is one of the most beautiful languages that exist. So after traveling two months in Brazil, I was like every day putting my best into it and I ended up actually making a video where I you know my Portuguese is broken, but like by the end of the two months, I was able to have a conversation about religion, politics, you know, about different mindsets, which was just really, really inspiring. Because many times people may not have had the tools to learn English, and when I made the effort of learning their language, it really it brings a whole different experience to your traveling. Also, because people open, you get a much more local experience when you when you make that make that little effort to to come closer to them and now i actually i actually moved to amsterdam 6 weeks ago and i was supposed to settle down in there but due to the current situation with um, covid-19 i had to return to finland but i started learning a little bit of dutch and i have this challenge with my th- with myself that i want to be fluent in 10 languages before turning 30 so i'm practicing kind of my sixth language now my my portuguese is pretty basic but i can still un- i understand like 90% of what's going on but yeah i have this challenge where i still want to learn french Japanese, Arabic, German, um, Dutch, and I think Sanskrit will be my eleventh language. But that that one I don't have to accomplish before before thirty.
0: Wow, that's that's impressive. So I've tried my my go on Arabic. It's so hard, but I'm sure yeah. you will you will do it. And I also tried my go on Sanskrit, which was easier than Arabic. I found because it's really? logical, but. Also super hard. But I'm sure if someone can do it, it will be you. So speaking <laughs> speaking you. of That's which, <laughs> talking about Sanskrit, we actually have the same tattoo in Sanskrit that we didn't get together, but at the same space, like a few days apart, I think. So this is true. do you have any other tattoos by now? And how is your
1: relation to that tattoo? That is a beautiful tattoo. That is my... That tattoo took my tattooing virginity and also got me so hooked that I now tattoo uh, for my living. I have three, I have had three tattoos after that and I have a lot of tattoos that I've planned that I will get soon. My relationship to that tattoo is actually really special because... Maybe so what, you could what, what say what it, what it, it yeah, says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's loka samasta sukinobabantu, which means may all beings be happy and free and may my actions contribute to that, which was a mantra that we were singing every day in our teacher training. And I really felt connected to this because I've always had this passion to to help others and to really push others to become the best version of themselves. But during that teacher training, I realized something extremely important. I realized that unless you don't take care of yourself first, you don't really have the energy or you don't really have the, the capacity to do that for others. So more than nothing, it's, a re- it's really a reminder for me to be kind to myself, and to put myself first, because when I do that, then I'm able to give my best to others. Yeah, that's
0: such an important lesson that I also had to learn, (laughs) because if your own cup is not full, it's really hard to give to others, and I think we both have a huge passion in helping other people, inspiring them, you know, just sharing what we know, but we need just to be cautious to know when it's the time That you're able to share when maybe it's a time where you need to first do something for yourself and just make sure that you're in a in a good state. Yes, yes, absolutely. You mentioned that you tattooing now, so how did that happen? (laughs) I know that you haven't like done a classical internship or something, you just started teaching it yourself. Is that correct?
1: Well, that's kind of correct. So the funny thing is that. when I've been when I've been like 11, I think I have told my mom for the first time that I want to become a tattoo artist. But due to the religion that I was born into, it was like an absolute no. It was like only people who who are in prison tattoo. And I was like, okay. But then um, a little more than a year ago, I, due to my huge passion for people and understanding, you know what makes what makes you you and and what is your life story. And due to my passion of art, I realized that I can actually combine these and this idea came back to me. So I was I, I traveled Mexico exactly a year ago uh, at this time and I was actually at this hostel doing wall paintings and this German chick comes in and she does a hand-poked tattoo on a Dutch guy and I couldn't resist, but I had to ask if I could try. And she gave me like a little introductory class and I was able to do, I did two tattoos at that time. And ever since I bought my own needles and my own inks and I kind of, I was like, I was literally swimming in the internet in the world of tattooing and trying to learn everything that I could. And I basically just went to every hostel that I went to. I was like free tattoos, free tattoos. I knew, you know, what depth where to, I don't, I know that I wouldn't be poking too deep and I'm, knew that if I do it really, really slowly, I could get quite nice, um, nice lines and so on. And yeah, it, then it, it was really crazy, it kind of really exploded from there. Because I, uh, I traveled to Mexico for four months, and I started posting about this on my Instagram. I returned to Finland beginning of June, and like two weeks into June, I quit my hospitality job because I was able to um, make my living out of the hand-poking tattoos that I did. That's and... so cool! <laughs> that's so, <laughs> but sorry, then, but that's so amazing it's really crazy but now actually the reason why I moved to Amsterdam is that because doing handbook tattoos is quite easy because you demand it's not shaking it you do everything dot by dot it's it's the traditional way and it's a really beautiful way but I wanted to expand my knowledge of of creating tattoos so I wanted to find someone who really knows what they're doing and who really does this from their heart so I was researching a mentor, because this is how it works in the tattooing world. There's there's not really like a school where you go to, but it's really old school. You have to find someone who is willing to mentor you so to get an apprenticeship. So I researched a lot of different places, and then I found this specific place called Tattoo Hysteria in Amsterdam. And I really related, I really loved their style, and I really related the way they were to the way that they were doing, because I saw that it was a much more spiritual process than just having a picture on your skin. And this is extremely important for me. So in January I, I created a portfolio and I flew over to Amsterdam to have an interview and got accepted. So now I am also learning the machine. <laughs> That's so
0: amazing, really. To everything you say, all I can say is that it's so amazing because your story is just so mind blowing. I mean, again, you had you had like no tools beforehand. You just had really a passion, and I think your big, what well, you know, like a great quality that you have is that you're so curious just to to allow yourself to go explore things that you're passionate about. And I yeah. need to mention, I mean, I'm sure not everyone could do it as you do, but you're just really a talented talented artist. I mean, she draws pictures that are unreal. So she has okay. maybe some tools that other people don't have because <laughs> you're just really talented in artistic ways. But still to, to have, you know, the... The guts to just start tattooing someone—I mean, that must be amazing—and I cannot wait to get my own tattoo from you. Unfortunately, now uh, I need to wait a bit, I guess, <laughs> until we can see each other again. But I will definitely get one from you if I that will be am honored. allowed. To. <laughs> I would be honored to be able to create
1: something for you.
0: <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm, I have a lot of ideas, so let's not go there, otherwise my whole body is gonna be full of tattoos. But uh, something I also would like to know from you. I mean, tattooing has been your passion now for maybe a year, I say, in a in a real active way. But before mm-hmm. that, when you started traveling, I think you started traveling around 18, maybe or 19, when you were finished <laughs> 19, with school. 19, yeah. And like, what were your passions then? I know that along the way we did the yoga teacher training together, so yoga is for sure a passion. But maybe you could tell us about. You know, different things you
1: explored during traveling and, you know, what you what you did. Yeah. Um, yoga has definitely been a passion. I actually just started doing yoga when I started traveling. So at the age of 19. And that's something when I got more into spirituality, that's something that I that kept on popping out more and more and more. That That's the thing that has been following me on the way. And then I decided to do my first yoga teacher training with you in India, which I'm so happy that we had. We, The universe brought us together in there. And after that, I've also done a second yoga teacher training in Bali with a little bit, it was quite different to to the first one. So that's one thing. But other things that I've been experimenting with, I've been creating my own clothes. I've been, um, I've I've actually started to, wanted to start a YouTube channel quite a few times, but due to me not being a, we have the saying in Finnish that you are a technical wonder child. So I'm not a technical wonder child. I don't know. (laughs) I've had, I've had this burst of inspiration where I wanted to start a YouTube channel uh, in three different languages, like simultaneously, and just be sharing like different tips that I've, I've um, been gathering around, along the way. But maybe maybe that's going to come still at some point. But I've been, I've been basically just immersing myself in, into different experiences. Like I lived five months in a van in Australia. I worked three months at a wine yard. I I've done a little bit of volunteering here and there, but more more when it comes to to art, so exactly creating creating wall paintings or or such things and well, that's quite a lot already. <laughs> Just, yeah, and then the tattooing yeah. came. Yeah, <laughs> I remember
0: a story that you told me when we were in India. You told me a story about you working. Um, at the wine yard you just mentioned. And somehow, I don't remember the exact story, but something was wrong with the bottles. So you had to pull off, how you call it, the etiquettes? Oh my god. Of, I don't know, <laughs> thousand bottles or something for a week or what, how long it took. So I, th- I find it interesting maybe to learn how can you motivate yourself to do, you know, tasks that are just so... Sorry for saying that that way, but stupid. <laughs> but you know that you get no no, no no benefits from it. You get no inspiration also from it. And I know a lot of people. We all experience you know tasks we need to do at some point that nearly drive us insane, but we still have to yes. do it. So how were you able to do that? Maybe you could tell us more about that experience.
1: That is correct. Um, I have to. I have to say it was twenty five thousand bottles. Oh my god. We had like... <laughs> And they were like these white wine bottles that were, um, and it was like extra hard glue on, on top. It was it was crazy. And we tried all kind of different um, chemical solutions, which which didn't work. So we had to, in the end, it was all, we had a machine that did like one bottle at a time uh, when you we used it manually, but otherwise you had to just scrape it. So basically I've always had this mindset, okay, if I can't get out of the situation, how can I make the best out of this? So I talked with the, with the, uh, bosses at the wine yard and I got some other friends working with us and so, and then we were listening to different kind of motivational books like for example one that we're listening to together was uh, is called obstacle is the way and which literally is about people <laughs> <laughs> getting into hard situation and then how do they make the best out of that or I was listening to Tony Robbins or Tim Ferris's podcasts and I would remember like the days would go so fast uh, by because when you do a manual labor that doesn't require a lot of brain juice um you can just you can just keep on doing that whilst listening and, and being inspired it was it's not something that i would choose to do to be honest at this at this moment because i feel like with your work you need to have a at least i do need to have a kind of deeper purpose like there needs to be a why i'm doing it so that i really do it well and not just for the money but like what what does it bring to other people's lives you know but if someone is, is at this kind of situation i would really recommend to research like inspirational speakers or people who are experts at the area that you're passionate about and then just immerse yourself into their world and understand what did they do to get there where you want to go you know because it's all a stepping stone for you to to get closer to your goal or your dream life
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good tip that you gave because sometimes you're just forced to maybe do things that you don't want to do. You're just like not inspired by it, but you can use the time to listen to something. Or maybe if you have the chance, you can watch something while doing it and just learn while you're doing it. So that's a really helpful advice. If you think back at at the things you experienced, do you have any other really good advice that you've
1: learned along the way, maybe also the hard way and you would like to share? I think one one thing that changed quite a lot for me was that well I hear a lot of people saying that they don't know what they want to do and they don't, you know, kinda have this sort of direction. And I found out that if you actually go back in your childhood and you I don't know, like maybe your parents have kept the book of you or maybe you know, they have some sort of memories or the people that you used to hang out with them, you can ask them, but what were the things that you were inclined to do, you know? Like there must have been something that you, as a child, before knowing everything about this world, you know, maybe I, did, I painted uh, a lot and I was creating secret languages with my friends, for example. Um, and I had like different languages with each, each person. And I feel like you have this drive, you have this something inside of you that is pulling you towards a certain direction. And if you just go back to those roots, you might find actually something that, if you pick it up again, you can really feel that it is your calling. And I found out that when people do this, when they when they start learning more about themselves and they well they acquire more self knowledge, it also uh, many times leads more compassion because it makes you understand better who you are today. And through that you will also automatically it kinda of adds to it become more compassionate towards others. So I found like this is a thing that really can change your life and can change the way that you relate to the lives of others around you. That's
0: really well explained and I think we get a lot of, you know, impressions from our childhood that we somehow just forget because we we are trapped in this whole you go to school, you need to study or whatever, and you're just so busy that you have no time to just explore yourself creatively.
1: So yeah. Going back is really a good point. Yeah, I really do recommend it because I, I believe each one of us is creative in our own way, but we just, you know, in creativity, there's actually no mistakes or in art, there's no mistakes. But since we are so fed with the idea of that we are not allowed to make mistakes in, in schools and so on, it really kills creativity and it really c- kills curiosity. And I think that is a value that we all should go back to and integrate in, into our lives. Also, also because this, this one quote that I love is that, You can't always control what is happening to you, but you can always choose how you react to the things that are happening to you. So no matter if people are trying to kill your curiosity, you can still decide not to obey that, you know? You can create your own rules, kind (laughs) of. Some people might have difficult to,
0: you know, connect to their true selves to figure out who they are because sometimes you think, you know, things about yourself, but they're not your real thoughts. They're just things that have been oppressed to you so what has helped you to really get back to your real center you know connecting with yourself and from there being able to discover your passions wow Daniel
1: <laughs> <laughs> no easy questions here <laughs> no i think one thing that the the fact of questioning you know i think anyone or anything, any organization um, that is not allowing you to question is preventing you from growing. So just question everything around you and really, I don't know, maybe writing helps for some people, maybe conversation helps for others. But really, you know, if you're born into a certain religion or if you're born into a certain culture, like if you can't see the, the main values that they have, you can Google like the main values of, of a certain culture or so on. You can see like, is this something that I actually relate to? Like, would this would I... Be fine with this if this is not something that I was born into, and really try to look at it from an objective point of view. One thing that really helps in here is meditation. Now, there's like a ton of different kind of uh, meditations out there, but I would recommend to to read bueno bueno <laughs> Ex- explore. Um. <laughs> explore them for me for me one big one was vipassana which is this 10-day meditation course where you do nothing but meditate for 10 days you don't talk you don't do any sports or so on and it really just reflects what happening what what is happening inside of you try to enter the state of equanimity and once you are in that state and mm-hmm. then you you come back to doing the things that you were so used to doing you kind of start understanding really fast like is this actually making me happy or is this draining me out. It does Do I feel good after doing it, doing this? Or do I feel anxious, you know? But sometimes you have to kind of neutralize yourself in order to be able to understand how the things that you are doing are actually affecting you.
0: Yeah, that's a, a very good point in just figuring out what helps you to best get in that state and just finding your own tricks, ways on how you can easily reconnect with yourself if you I mean, I know you don't work with goals in a in a classical way, but if you could should paint like a, a vision of yourself of where you see yourself in the future, maybe maybe in the short
1: future, maybe in the distant future, where would you be? What will you be doing? Okay. Let's put a five years time frame. In five years I wanna be tattooing, I think for like seven months of the year. And for the rest, I really, I'm really inspired by the idea of creating retreats for people where they can come and explore more their connection to themselves and make other incredible connection with connections with other people. So I would say um, about seven months of the year I will be tattooing and maybe even creating tattooing retreats. But then I would be creating retreats around the world with the amazing people that I have around me, <laughs> like you, collab- collaborating and bringing really unique, unique people together. To create a space where people can kind of take, start taking control, or start well, taking responsibility for their own lives. Because I really feel inspired by by people stepping into their power, and I would love to be able to be part of some kind of uh, charity program. I don't know whether it's going to be with animals or kids or so on, but to start to start something that. That creates a change in a bigger picture. I don't know yet what that's gonna be. That that feels. I feel really inclined to these things.
0: It's so beautiful, and I'm sure that we will hear so much from yours. At least I, that I'm following you. <laughs> I will see where your journey will will go. And I know that a huge aspect of what you want to do is in life to really share your knowledge, but also your skills, and just freely give it into the world and and help in whatever way that might be then in the future.
1: Yes, I hope so and I hope that we can we'll be able to collaborate in, in a few different projects. I definitely know we will do that because something
0: that I've done for the very first time with you <laughs> and I knew that I know that you're still doing it is um going swimming in the ice cold water. <laughs> So I, I visited you what was more than one and a half years ago already, I think. And what we did, we went um, to the sauna and then later into the lake that was about four degrees maybe. And it was dark, <laughs> as always in Finland in winter, but it was super dark. It was super cold. And I nearly, you know, my heart almost stopped beating. That's how I felt because it was so cold. But you do that quite often. So what's what's with that?
1: Um, yes, I love doing that. I actually went swimming this morning, um, in the lake next to my house (laughs) Uh, and it's like seven degrees outside. Um, I think with, um, ice swimming, it comes down to, to being able to control your mind and controlling your breath. And really it's a, it's a great immune booster. I mean, and it has a lot of different health effects, but it's more than nothing. It's this, I feel, well, I really feel like that is helping me to, to strip down like use if I could say that (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) (laughs) because you're just (laughs) because you are literally just um you're for well you're you're forcing yourself out of your comfort zone pretty much every time so so doing small steps that that take you out of your comfort zone daily will help um will make the process of taking big steps a lot easier and I feel like ice swimming for me has been a out of like it has been of great help when it comes to taking steps that at first feel scary or uncomfortable but then you just do it and I'm so proud of you that you did it as well and I remember how scary we were at first it was a dark
0: lake at night and it was snowing like cold I mean how how could I not be afraid of jumping into a lake like that and we really we jumped in we didn't dip slowly walking in we really jumped full in. That was crazy. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> but I just, so I think you did it like three times or so.
0: Yeah, it, it gets fun once you get used to it, but still it would take a lot of courage to do it again. I just remember that it was actually not my first time, but my first time was still with you, but not in Finland. I remember that we went into the Ganges and um, it was also ice cold. I think it was like eight degrees or something.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. The difference is that we had to wear clothes in there, you know? Yeah, that, that's I, really And curious. we didn't have a sauna. Yeah,
0: that's also true. I remember I I went to the river during like the first week of our teacher training. And I just, you know, put my fingers in and it was ice cold. I'm like, wow, that's so cold. I would never go in. And then somehow some of the classmates started to, I think including you and Adam, I'm, wasn't, I'm not sure, you started to go into the river on a regular basis. So I thought, okay, I'm checking it out. You know, I just put like one foot in. I was like, okay, never, never going to (laughs) happen. And then it was, I think, even in the week after the training, when also, as you said, your mindset is so different than at the beginning. And then my mindset was totally different. So I really got to the point where I could just walk in and we would stay there, I think, almost for a half an hour swimming in the water, which was so cold, actually. But still, we were able to do it, so... That was really amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah I remember also how, because, you know, where we did our teacher training was in Rishikesh, which is right on the bottom of the Himalaya. So it was, the the Ganges was still, um, I call it Maganga, and <laughs> still super clean and pure and the, the current was actually pretty strong. So yeah, it was it was freezing, but also at the heat of, I believe, end of March in India. It was a really refreshing experience, I have to say. And, and it's just magic. It, there's something about that place that,
0: yeah, I find <laughs> it fascinating how the mind really controls what you do or even like what you're able to do. And if you learn how to work with your mind instead of against your mind, you're able to do so much
1: that you would never think it's possible. It's true. It's true. And it's, I like this quote that says, the mind is the king of the senses. But the breath is the king of the mind. So when you can control your breath, you can control your mind. And this is a really big thing in ice swimming. Like, do not start hyperventilating, but consciously keep your breath going all the way to your belly and, and keep it slow when maybe exhales longer than inhales. And that will really um, make it a much more pleasant and conscious experience.
0: You literally went swimming in ice, right? You digged your own holes to go yeah. <laughs> into the water. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. I think in Finland, it's not that uncommon, like in other places, but still it's, it's great that you do that really. And then um, you look very healthy and you are always very healthy. So I guess it's sure also a part of that, that you do. Do you also re- you know, have your special morning routine that you do with breath work or yoga or How do you maintain your health in and out?
1: Yes, I actually had a very regular morning routine for for four months in a row since my second teacher training. I did my teacher training at the practice Bali and with being tantric hatha yoga. And for four months straight, I had a sequence with breath work and meditation. And I felt amazing Um, and much more conscious. But I have to say, I've been dropping out from it a little bit uh, due to the changes lately. But I want to definitely pick it up again because it really... I, someone said once that it's not about that you don't find the time to meditate or that you can't afford to meditate because it takes so much time, but it's more like I can't afford not to meditate because if I'm not meditating, I might be a little bit more sleepwalking. I'm not making so conscious choices, whereas in my meditating... I am so present in each situation. And in the end, that is what you remember about your life. The moments that when you are present, the moments when, when you are really engaged, not the ones that you, whether well, you make the decisions on the state of being in, in, in pilot.
0: That's very true. Also, something that I noticed for myself, I think, probably after my first teacher training before yoga, or, you know, the whole spiritual journey for me was really about having certain tools that you do, let's say meditate or yoga or just, you know, something that you actively do. And on top of that, of course, that's really important. No doubt of that. It, it helps me also a lot. But something I realized is that the things you learn during meditation, the the way of seeing things is something you will be able to take with you, as you say, to make conscious decisions throughout the day, because you get a way of thinking or acting that you learn during those practices that help you throughout the entire day without you actively doing a certain practice, it just becomes a part of you and helps you to really get through the day in a,
1: in a conscious and intentional way. It's true. It's something that we were actually talking about before um, starting the podcast, like noticing your patterns and noticing your, like if something triggers you or so on, you don't identify with the trigger, but you rather notice it. And instead of reacting, you respond. So, and I I think that's huge because it really adds to the quality of your everyday life when you're able to, when you're able to do that.
0: If you had to choose one life lesson that you would like to share with us, I know it's hard. You have probably a million, (laughs) but if you now have to choose one what's the first one that comes to mind
1: one thing that has really helped me to live a a life of more understanding was when i decided to get to know my parents i know not everybody has the chance to do this but the people close to you or the people who were raising you to get to know them as people rather than as just parents and understand what because they had a life before you right and how how was that life you know how did that life affect to the way that they they raised you? And what lessons do you want to take out of that? And maybe what lessons do you want to unlearn? Because like nobody's perfect. So everybody will be teaching you and passing you on unconscious trauma. So so once you look at that you see your parents or the people that raised you as humans with their own struggles and you you can really disconnect from whether you feel i don't know anger or anxiety or whatsoever from that and just look at it neutrally you might understand some things that you are carrying inside of you uh, unconsciously and through doing this kind of practices you can actually break the chain of passing unconscious trauma to others so this is something that I've been practicing a lot I, it's I mean it's a really hard path and I know With some people we cannot talk with, and so on. But we can always talk with the the people around them, or or find our way to to learn a little bit more about kind of also like what affected your childhood. You know, you
0: said that really beautifully, and I think that's a good point. Also, that you said to not unconsciously keep putting it onto others. I could talk to you for ages. You know that. I think we might need to do. A second one just on a specific topic eventually but um, I'm so happy that you had the time today and shared so freely what you've experienced what you've learned and be really grateful for having you
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me over and thank you for your great questions and for listening it's beautiful what you do thank
0: you very much Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. I hope you're just as inspired as I am by her amazing stories. I would love to hear what you think about it. So connect with me on Instagram at Danielle. See you soon. Bye.